You are listening to Terra Signals, presented by Normal Paranormal. I am your host, Justin Bamforth. In the previous episode, I sat down with paranormal investigators Beth O'Brien and Michael Brown, discussing some of the more interesting cases they've been on. We also reviewed some unsettling, although sometimes amusing, audio evidence known as EVP, which stands for Electronic Voice Phenomenon. Now this episode is going to be a little different, because it involves some of the photographic evidence they've acquired, which really has to be seen to be believed. Now I do realize this is a podcast, which isn't quite catered to the visual senses, So I have posted those photos on normalparanormal.org, which you can go and see for yourself. In fact, it might be a good idea to open another browser window on your computer or phone as you listen to this show. Then as Beth and Mike describe for you in full detail what these photos are, you can see exactly what they are talking about. And again, those photos are posted at normalparanormal.org. But without further ado, here is part two of my conversation with Beth and Mike. You have uh, another piece of evidence. Uh, It's not EVP. This is photographic evidence. And it's from one of my favorite places to investigate. Fort Mifflin. Mifflin. Yes, we, that we that one too we would go back to. That's one of our favorites too. Love love that place. Just give us a little nutshell of some of the things that have been reported at Fort Mifflin. Oh yeah, so I mean figures of yeah, figures of soldiers in the in the uh all over the grounds actually. Um the a lot of the members of SJGR it was before our time saw like a horse and rider like ride right up the right up the street right through the uh the um uh the main doors and you know like right down the the middle pathway. Um, they hear women screaming. Women screaming. Um, there's shadow figures seen in the casemates. The voices. Guns going off. Ca- gun gunfire. Yeah, yeah. There was footsteps. Footsteps all over the place. Um, I, I mean, really, it's pretty much everything you could think of. We had that that when we were there last time. The gun was found in the middle of the grass. That's right. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. What? Yeah, well, I yeah. I had I I wanted to um, I asked my daughter, my older daughter Michelle, what she wanted to do for her birthday. She said, "I want to investigate." So, so I, I was trying to book the prison, and it just the thing fell through. It didn't didn't happen. So we said, "Let's let's reach out to Greg and uh, and book uh, Fort Mifflin. It'll just be us." And we had just a private little group, just you know Michelle, some of her friends. I had some of my friends from work, and Beth and I, and we had touched base with Greg and we got there and we had in the process of going around we were walking around with Gat with Greg and he was opening up different buildings and he he had opened up a like another casemate that's that's uh it was pretty rare well not a lot of people have been in there he opened that up for us and so we were walking around the grounds with him back across the parade grounds back and forth back yeah. and forth in and out of all the buildings and they brought our equipment in and so all over the grass because that's how you get to the other different places yeah there was nothing nothing on the ground yeah there's no one there we were the only ones there and so after we had made all these trips across the grounds we we were getting ready to start so we we, were going back to take a break oh we're going back to take a break that's right so we're headed back to like the uh, little um the little barracks area where everyone you know usually sets up all their equipment and stuff and we almost tripped on this like one of the parade rifles that was inside of the building 
that I guess the Boy Scouts use for, you know, like drill training and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it was just sitting there, like plain as day, right in the middle of the field. And we almost tripped on it. And yeah. I mean, it was definitely was not there before. And, yeah, it wasn't sitting out there because it was no. kind of like a wet night. It wasn't wet. And Greg was like, that was not there. And we didn't see it there. He said that he saw it was inside. Yeah. So it was laying out in the middle of the grass. So Wait, no one know how it got there. And, and what type of gun was this? Yeah, it was like one of those wooden. Like, it wasn't a real gun. Yeah, it was just okay. like a wood. Yeah. It was like a wooden, like little mock-up of a musket, basically. Yeah. But this was inside, and then suddenly it is now outside. Right, and yeah. it wasn't out there for long because it wasn't wet or anything. It was just huh. laying there, and we, there's no way we would have all seen it because you have to walk back and forth, you know. And it was, you know, pretty big. It was a, I don't know, like five feet or something. Yeah, yeah. There's no way we would have missed it. It was bright. It was like a light wood grain color, you know, and it was lightly stained. But it was—I mean—it stood out like a sore thumb. How was this gun displayed inside? Was it hanging up on a wall? Was it behind glass? Was it secured? I think it was inside of inside the museum part. You can't get back there, right? In there, it was, in, like a... it was in like a barrel, like you know, the barrel was like sitting in the corner of the room, and it had a bunch of them inside the barrel, like leaning against the wall. And he had said that, yeah, these are, these are all inside over there. And, I mean, there was no one even in the building. In and, that, the, and no one separated and went off by themselves or would have taken it and yeah. and dropped it or put it there because we were all together at all times. Even if we went to the bathroom, you know, we yeah. we went all together and then we came back. So no one left that could have grabbed it as far as we know. And even Greg was like, there's no way that could be there, you know. So mm. that was pretty cool. Interesting. Well, let's get into this piece of photographic evidence that you have uh, here. I'm going to share my screen so that you can see it. And for those of you listening to the audio version of this interview, you can go to normalparanormal.org and we'll have these photos available to view here. For those of the audience who are just listening to this, what are we seeing in this first photo here? Okay, so, so here you're seeing the view from the back wall of the powder magazine, which is out on the grounds. And it's a bunker basically that was uh, the place where they stored their casks of, you know, gunpowder and so forth and cannon rounds and all that sort of thing. And you can see that on both sides, you can see there's people standing on both sides of the door. I have my GS2 laser grid shooting into the doorway and to the right of the door is myself and Beth are standing over there. And then off to the left, you can see a bunch of other people lined up against the wall. And there's several people you can't see in this photo because they were all the way in the back and they had sat down and were leaning against the back wall. And my daughter's friend just pulled out his iPhone and just started snapping a couple of pictures. Now, it's interesting to note that at the same time, well, first of all, let's, let's take note of where the, where the light sources are. You can see the, the obvious laser grid in the doorway. There's a couple pieces of equipment on the floor, but there's no actual um, there's no actual light source from you know next to or behind who's taking the picture. That's important. They're sitting in complete darkness back there, and started snapping pictures with his iPhone. So you can see the people lined up against the wall. One of those individuals said that he felt something strange next to him, Some, like like someone Pres was, presence, like, like someone was standing next to him even though there was no one standing there. And you can begin to see on the left, there's like a small shadowy anomaly there. 
that is perhaps in the back perhaps is forming something because in the next shot you'll actually see a full shadow standing there and it almost seems like that small shadow sort of like morphs into this figure because he's now he's zoomed in and took another picture if you're looking at the picture it would be on the left hand side yeah and he's almost you can almost see through him and it looks like he's holding a rifle standing sideways with a rifle over his back if you look like there's coming out of his like he's standing sideways and he's holding a rifle and the gun's pointing up yeah. towards the back almost like he like he's facing the doorway and what's interesting is that at this time I was talking as if I was a guard and I was saying you know okay it's time it's time for the change of guard and I began talking like a soldier in the space and that is when all this sort of kicked off and at the same time also we were hearing a full-on conversation several of us all of us standing in the front there mm-hmm. heard a full-on conversation just outside the door and no one was there and I kept going out there because I thought oh like maybe this is Greg did Greg bring someone in with him with him because Greg was the only one at this time that was the only other person on the grounds yeah, but he was always with us. He was either with us or he was all the way across campus. And at this time, he was he was out in the hospital. So he was outside the fort at this time. He wasn't even on the ground. So everyone on the grounds was in this room and we were hearing a conversation. So I had to keep walking around, stepping over the laser grid and going outside to see who was out there. But there was no one there. And unfortunately, I didn't capture any of the voices. But, I mean, several of us heard it. And then, yeah, you can see this figure in this shot. You can see me on the right. And there's this shadowy figure standing there on the left. So let me get this straight. The first shot here that we're looking at, nothing is happening in this shot, right? This was. If you look towards way in the back on the left-hand side, it looks like you see the people, but then like standing, you see someone starting, a little black thing starting to come out, kind of like, you'll yeah, see it's like a, a black blob at the top, right near where the people are. Yes, right there. Right yeah. there, yeah. Yes, that's... thank you. <laughs> That's an anomaly that doesn't yeah. make sense either because there's yeah. no there's no light source to to right there's no window shot. in the back it's yeah. all it's all just a wall there's nothing back yeah. there where from where the person took this picture yeah that door you're looking at is the only way in and out there's no other windows or anything behind the photographer of this picture it's just a solid cement wall so you're looking out this is the only entrance and exit out of the powder Correct. magazine. Yes. Now, the the ambient light here, there's some purples, some blues, some reds. Why is that? Do you have other UV lights going on? Um, so you see some blue in that shot, and that's from the laser grid. That's from the screen of the laser grid. If you look at the doorway, it's sort of all completely filled in, like, red laser grids, right? Well, the screen was picking up a, a drop in temperature in front of a device in that hallway, that could be completely natural just from the temperature from outside going down. I'm not saying that's anything necessarily paranormal, but that's where you're picking up some of those blues coming off of the walls that are right by the doorway. It's from the screen. If you look real close at the screen, you can see that it's blue. It's completely filled in with blue, uh, showing that the temperature in front of the device is dropping. Okay. But that could be just from the temperature. I don't think that's, I don't think, I'm not sure, but. Yeah, because it does get very cold in these particular it, it does there. yeah also it's one of the indicators of something supernatural too with the temperature drop so it's really hard to tell but either way we have this weird anomalous thing on the left hand side and then in the next photo we have a shadowy 
Go back Figure. again, Justin. Sure. Go back for a second. I just want to point mm -hmm. out something. And you see there's like a little thing. Looks like a little stool or something. See? Uh, right there's down a, here. Oh, there's yeah. A, there's a little mini cake. So, you, so yeah. So, thing. you can see that thing in the next and the next um, photo is standing next to it. Yeah. So the anomaly is the shadowy figure standing next to this. Correct. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. And how, uh, what was the time uh, difference between these two shots? It was just a couple seconds. Just a couple seconds. Yeah. He was taking pictures. Just uh, clicking. Just in the dark. Because we tell them to take in three, you know, take three. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Bracketing, Most of the time right? when, yeah, when they do that. And you do that because you want to make sure there, there, that there wasn't something anomalous that can be explained. Right. Yeah, that, that saved me on many investigations, you know, where I thought <laughs> yeah. it was something uh, paranormal and it was just another investigator. But in this case, you're saying that this was not one of the other investigators or one of the people in the room. This right. was unexplained. Yeah, because nobody moved, was standing next to that little thing, that little, I call it a stool, but what was it? It was a little, like a wooden yeah, mini keg. standing scene. there. So, yeah, they were still all against the wall. And it looks like he's standing and he, to me, it's almost sideways facing, the, but he has like a rifle over his back. Because you see some, a pointy thing coming off his back. Mm, yeah. Yeah, this is certainly very interesting. It's a, it's a curious photo. Of course, there's going to be people who pick this apart, who say, sure. well, you had yeah. people standing on the side of the room. But that's, it's really hard to prove this phenomenon 100%, right? Because it doesn't work that way. Sometimes there's a trickster aspect to it. And it's almost like it will give you just enough to make you consider the possibility that there is something here, but not enough to conclusively prove that there is anomalous thing here. And I think we have to keep that in mind as not just investigators, but as viewers of this particular photo. We can't prove it. We can't disprove it. It's out there. You be the judge. You decide. What was nice about this set of photos is that we, you know, he reviewed it right away and noticed there was something, something there. So the very next break we took, we all of us went back to the barracks room and he pulled out his, his camera or his phone rather. And we started looking at these pictures, and it was nice that we still had everyone there, so we could so we could account for everyone. And you know, it was Kyle, I believe, who said like, "Yeah, I can see you can see the 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 edge of my cargo pants in that picture that are illuminated slightly there." And so we were able to say, "Okay, yeah, that's Kyle. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, right there." We were able to yeah pinpoint where everybody was standing, and that everybody was accounted for. No one was standing. Yeah, right and Charles there. Charles was standing behind Kyle, and he had said, "Yeah, that's right. I was standing behind you, and I felt something to my right." And so it was, it was just interesting that some, and, and there's consistencies with these two pieces of uh, evidence, video evidence that we go over. It's, there's those, they're both consistent. Like that someone in the room sent something, a picture was taken and something's picked up. And even when you look at how these individuals were against the wall too, they're in the more of the background of the shots. When you look at where the anomaly is, you can seems see to be still more, there. Yeah. Yeah. It seems to be more in front of this, um, like barrel um, more in the foreground. It's very curious. Again, it's not enough to prove, yes, ghosts are here at Fort Mifflin, this particular powder magazine, but it's enough to make you think 
Maybe there is. Maybe there is something to this. And you know that it's very difficult to get any types of photographs even like remotely close to this. So as investigators, this is exciting. It's interesting. And it just keeps you wondering. It keeps you guessing. That's the exciting and frustrating part about being a paranormal investigator, right? Yep. Yeah. 100%. But now when he pulled out his cell phone and he started taking these photos, he he had a feeling something was going to happen. Is that why he originally pulled out his phone? Well, it's because your friend, remember, he said he was sensing something. Well, the kid that was taken that his daughter's friend, he was like real sensitive himself, real intuitive. Anyway. Yeah, he actually was. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I about that. Okay. And that's how this works too. It's not just the instruments themselves, but sometimes the human being acts as another instrument to further validate that equipment, right? Um, or vice versa, right? The equipment will validate the, the human experience. Yeah, this is really interesting. Um, that's Fort Mifflin. Now, there's another piece of photographic evidence that is quite interesting, quite remarkable. And this was taken at a, an abandoned summer camp in uh, New Jersey, correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. And has since shut down. It's not in order at all. We can never go back there. They shut it down. Not enough oh, funding. Really? Not enough funding to keep it up. It was yeah. a okay. camp for the blind. They used to bring them in from New York City. And yeah, so they had to, unfortunately, they had to shut it down. But we're fortunate enough to get in there to investigate. Yeah, we. it was our plans to go in, investigate, capture a bunch of evidence, have a, a little public reveal. And then hopefully open it up and like really open it up to investigations and public investigations to help raise money. But I think we just came along like too late in the process or whatever. And, you know, we never really got our chance to yeah. to do that because, I mean, it would have been a hit because the place was amazing. It was huge. It was like your classic horror movie summer camp because it was abandoned and trees coming into some of the buildings and stuff. But there was, some of it was still intact from the enough. 1920s? It was from yeah. a long time. Yeah. Some, but a lot of it, the dorms are still intact enough that you could sleep there and there are bathrooms and stuff. And Yeah, there's cottages. That one was from yeah. the 1800s that's still intact. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Amazing place. So, and yeah. what's the context of what we're about to see? One of the outbuildings on the property was uh, this boathouse. And uh, the, the individual, the um, head of the board of directors was there. And uh, she told us, like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, there's some of... Um, some of a Paul Newman's old um, boats are still in that building. And we're like, oh, really? That's cool. Yeah, his name was on the boat still. Paul Newman's yeah. name. Paul, yes. Paul Newman, the actor? The yes. Paul Newman? Yes, yes. Yeah. His name is still on the back of the boats. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, cool. so, so we're like, oh, that's really cool. We want to see that, you know? So we went out there and checked it out. And we're like, oh, this is really cool. Like, And then we're like, wow, this is this will be a neat place to investigate. And so, you know, uh, we had, I think it was... You had a bunch of your students there too, right? Well, let's back up a little bit. The caretaker that used to, because it has to do with the photo, yeah. the, the caretaker that used to work there, this gentleman that has been there, what, 30 years or whatever, like taking care of the place, he like he died, um, it was like a month ago, before we actually did the event there and the investigation. So like you said, the, some of the board of directors were there following us around because they were curious about a, a paranormal investigation and they've never done one. So yeah, I did have one of my students there. That was another student with the other EVP at the Center of Life and Balance. Oh, okay. So she was there. 
and first off, we had our equipment out and we did um, we did an EVP session first. Yeah. And then we usually do, we call these burst EVP sessions where we'll turn on the recorder for about two minutes and then everyone in the room, if they want to ask a question and then we'll play it back and see if a spirit answers us. And we did get a voice, the head of the directors, I forget her name, this woman, she addressed the gentleman that used to be the caretaker there and said, oh, we need um, somebody to come and cut the lawn and take care of the place, you know, um, is it okay if we do that? And then we should have brought that EVP. Yeah, I wasn't, oh, able, I yeah. wasn't able to find it. Um, but we do have, unfortunately, we have it. He answered like the EVP. She asked a question, that question, he said yes. But at the same time, another one of my students, she says, Beth, I feel a, uh, I feel a man's spirit standing next to me. And um, so I said, somebody quick, take a picture, you know, take three in a row. So Mike happened to have his camera there and he, you know, or his, or his iPhone, right? Yeah. And he just took three in a row. And then this is where the pictures... Um, yeah, take, so take it's interesting. Place. Once again, someone sent something next mm -hmm. to them. Someone started taking pictures and something was captured. And we have an EVP, yeah. and then you'll see it start to develop in the film. Okay, so this is the first photo that was taken. And I have a series of four shots here. And that's my student standing there. Okay. So this is your student. Is there anybody to the right of your student? There's a, yeah, we're yeah. Sta we're standing in like a circle, basically. Another we're, girl. She was the last, the one, the girl you see there is, was the last one in the line because beyond her is like a bunch of like, like disassembled motors and tools and, and all kinds of stuff piled. And the boats were right next to her. And then next, yeah, and then next to that is the boats. You can't really see that stuff, but yeah, the, the, the person said, yeah, you can, you can investigate in here. Just don't go beyond this point. And so, so she's standing basically, she's the last person in the circle and to her right, you can see a whole bunch of, we can see some. Someone standing next to her, but it's too dark. But you know, so to the to her left, you can. There's a semicircle of people, and, and it ends with me, and I'm on the other side. Okay, so this is the first photo. This is the second photo. We see one of these people who is present in the room. Right. Yep. Her friend actually it was her friend. Okay. But then behind her, well, there's go, something. Yeah, go back one. The first frame again, please. Okay. Is the first frame. See, it starts. See down here, down oh, there. Right. Yeah, right it's something hand. starting there. Yep. Look, could be like a like an arm with the end of a sleeve, maybe. Yeah, and then it's hard to tell, but. And then the next one, up top there, and then the third one. You can see a face. I can see it, and a lot of people. Yeah. There's like a nose, a longer face, two ears, and like black coat and a hand. And she said, um, um, Kayla said, oh, I feel a tall person standing next to me. And the um, board of directors woman said he was a tall man. And then here's the fourth photo. Yeah, is I mean, you could see it. Yeah, it really comes into view on that fourth photo. And this was none of you. Nope. No, no, there was, that, there was none of us over there. Because you, you couldn't get back there. After you shared this photo with some of the board members, they recognized this individual, right? 
They rec- yep, they recognized him. And they, and they said, that's him. His name was, I think his name was Bill, right? His name was Bill. His yeah. name was Bill. Yep. And they did have, they have a picture of him hanging inside. And um, it looks like him. It looked just like him. I thought it did. Yeah. What is your impression, uh, Beth, when you see this photo? What are you getting from this? I can tell you can I can tell it was a man because I I can feel it and sense it and see it and I it's just um, I was just blown away by it because I've I've never captured an apparition on my phone or on a camera ever. It's almost like this apparition is coming into view backwards because in that second shot it looks like it's staring to the photo left, which would be her like like it's like staring away from. Yeah, the face. Yeah, the face turns. Yeah, that's what I thought too. And this is an awkward way to a very awkward way to move. Yeah, and the hand looks a little weird too. The hand. But the way that this individual is positioned, it almost looks like they are joining the session. You know how, like, you would stand there and kind of clasp your hands together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's what I. That was my impression when I first saw I, this. Yeah. I yeah. think it looks just like him. Yeah, that's the. I I do see more of the resemblance now that you mention it. The board of directors was like really reaching out to him specifically. Was he asking him questions? Was was talking about things that he knew about? Asking asking him about you know where was those gasoline cans that were missing and you know very personal questions, things he would have known. Um, and like Beth said, we did get a response. An EVP it seemed to be responding to one of her questions. Yeah. And then this apparition shows up. I mean, it's to put it's, when you put all that yeah. together, it's. Very intelligent. Everybody Crazy. was blown away just just by it. Um, yeah. But this is, I think this is a more powerful photograph. I think so. I think so. One of the best that I've seen. Yeah. And that was just taken with a phone. I mean, no special camera, no, yeah. no nothing. And it lined up with what you were experiencing with the EVP, too. Um, but again... It's evidence that is not going to conclusively prove that ghosts exist, that spirits exist, that any of this phenomenon exists. It's not going to convince somebody 100% because they weren't there. You were there. And as paranormal investigators, you make sure that there are strict controls in place just in case you come across something like this. Then you can recreate it you can try to explain it you can try to debunk it in a million ways before you jump to the conclusion hey this is legitimate right i mean your first conclusion is not oh this is a photo of a ghost your first thought is how do i disprove this right yeah right the first thought is like wait what the heck is what the heck is this (laughs) and you look at it like 10 times like wait a minute and to see and to see it morphing like that or coming in a shape which is i've never either you know what it's either people have captured the apparition itself or not it does it's it's very rare that you see it building up into Yeah. yeah that's why that's one of the reasons we say take three or you know because of that if he only would have taken the one we would have just got that little blob right yeah. yeah, and in this case, he took four, which uh, which was needed. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it kept going. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you know, it kind of makes me one uh, makes me wish that he had taken five or six. You know, <laughs> like yeah. We don't know where that apparition went after this fourth photo. Right. 
Yeah, we don't. But the, but the the only thing that I was disappointed about not getting, as far as a follow up goes, I wanted I wanted to go back into that space in the daylight and stand exactly where I was standing and take a bunch of pictures to show that if someone were standing there, there is no way he could have walked around in the dark without tripping on something because I mean it was like. I mean, close quarters. Literally, yeah. super dangerous to walk around back there. But there was sharp metal. There was pieces of motors. There was, you know, containers of like, you know, paint and paint thinner and like all kinds of tools everywhere. Gardening but, tools. Like, there's no way you could have walked back there without tripping and probably half killing yourself. Unless, unless you were somebody that knew how to get in, which would have been Bill, that spirit, you know, because if he oh, came yeah, in well. the sideway, because he knew the grounds, he was the caretaker. Yeah, true interesting this is this is such a fascinating field and i think a lot of people don't realize how much time investigators spend going over the evidence trying to disprove it trying to recreate it trying to figure out alternative explanations before they ever jump to the paranormal you know like you mentioned michael like what the heck is this not, oh my gosh, I caught a ghost. No, <laughs> your response was, what the heck is this? Meaning, what is this? What could it be? Could it be something natural? Could it be something normal? Sure. But that's your job as an investigator, right? To figure it out before you jump to the unexplained, before you jump to the supernatural. And when people are experiencing activity in their homes, you're available to help them out, to counsel them, to help them get to the bottom of whatever it is that they're experiencing. Because most of the time, right, they're experiencing something very normal. It's just they don't know what it is. And sometimes you go in there and you you understand and you could see something. So your skills aren't just in the paranormal. It's in an investigative realm. You're You're trained to look for things that other people may overlook. And every once in a while... It leads to the supernatural. It leads to the paranormal. But most of the time, it doesn't. That's right. It's true. But that's, that's why right, people yeah. like you are around. You're there to help people. How can people get in touch with you? Let's say they have a strange experience and they need some advice. Where do they go? Um, I usually give out my phone number. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I am on Facebook. I'm Beth Harper O'Brien. Um, I'm on Instagram, Beth O'Brien. My website is uh, www.spiritualhealingthroughguidance.com. You can go on there. And um, if you want to get a hold of me for anything, my, all my services are on there. And what about you? You're on Twitter and Instagram. Yes, yes I'm on Twitter most of the time at, uh, at In the Bunker Cast. And uh, yeah, I get messages sometimes from people that reach out. They see a pictures or something I post. and They'll reach out and ask questions and stuff, but most of the most of the investigations that we get pulled into, uh, pretty much mostly goes through Beth because the good thing about her taking the calls and speaking to the person up front is like she's already getting reads on stuff before anything even happens before you decide whether or not we're going to go to the place. She can sense right away uh, if if you know if it's legit if someone's really really scared. That's pretty obvious. Um, and, you know, if we if we think it's a real serious case and it's serious enough to, to warrant investigation, that we have a, a questionnaire that we'll send out that's completely confidential that um, and, you know, 
full disclosure, some of the questions are very personal, but it's it's used for the case and the case only. It's not spread. It's not shared anywhere. And it, that just helps us to key in on what exactly is going on. What exactly are we walking into? Are we walking into, you know, like a, you know, a house where everyone is like, you know, drug addicts and there's violence? Is there like a, a dangerous dogs in the property? Is anybody, what kind of medications are you taking? Are, are medications conflicting? You know, the, those are the kind of things that we'll have to, you know, consult with a doctor or psychologist on, depending on what it is. Uh, but that's the, that's for everyone's safety, including ours, you know, because we want to know exactly what we're walking into. And a lot of times, you know, red flags will jump out just from the questionnaire based on the questions that people answer or the way they answer them. If it's really negative, then I always, we have friends that we um, can yeah. consult with, you know, if it's, because I, I had um, helped out with um, a couple exorcisms too. So that's, that's another story, but yeah. Yeah. yeah well, we don't have a whole lot of time to no. get into all of these <laughs> yeah. stories, but there's a lot of questions that I haven't gotten into that I, that I want to ask, um, including, you know, your podcast, Mike. I mean, you, you have this podcast called The Bunker, which is a very excellent podcast and I highly recommend it. But we can talk about that another another time. If people want to get in touch with you, they should go to Beth's website, spiritualhealingwithguidance.com. Correct. Yep. And if they're on Facebook, they can find you, Beth, at... Uh, Beth, Beth Harper O'Brien. Okay. Beth Harper O'Brien. Correct. Gotcha. And if they're on Twitter, they can find Michael at... In the bunker cast, in the bunker cast, mm -hmm. or his Instagram account is a the underscore bunker underscore podcast. Gotcha. So that's the underscore bunker underscore podcast. Yep. So a lot of ways to get in touch with these two individuals. The easiest go to Beth's website, spiritualhealingwithguidance.com. Send her a contact form message. Get in touch with these two. They know what they're talking about. They're experts in this. They have experience in this. And understand that whatever you're experiencing, they're going to get to the bottom of. They may not have all the answers for you, but they're at least going to point you in the right direction. And we need more people like you helping out in this space. And I think we are all appreciative of some of the evidence you've acquired, some of the research you've been part of some of the uh, some of the cases you've been involved with and some of the volunteer work that you're also doing tell me about some of that because you, there's a mansion in particular that, that you have uh, what's the story with this um well it's called West Hill Manor and it's in Burlington New Jersey it's from the 1700s and um, it's a diamond in a rough that it just got on the Historical Society 2017 and um, we are running paranormal investigations there. It's um, only been in investigated a year now, not even a year. Yeah. On Fridays and Saturdays, um, it's westhillmanor.org. West and if you go on there, you can read all about it and the history about it. And if you want to do a paranormal investigation, it says contact me, which is Beth O'Brien. And all the money, it's $30 a ticket. It all goes to back into West Hill Manor. We don't make any money because we love what we're doing. It all goes back in um, to them to help with the upkeep. So that's westhillmanor.org. Correct. 
It's westhillmanor.org. So you have that website to get in touch and learn about this place that they're doing volunteer work, that they're having these public events that they can, yeah. people oh, can yes. attend. June 24th, we're having an event there, psychic healing event with crafters. And then at nighttime, we're going to have a paranormal investigation. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be a vendor, you can get in touch with me. It's on Eventbrite also, if you would like to become a vendor. So go to Beth and Mike's website. It is spiritualhealingwithguidance.com. Go there, learn about stuff, get in touch with them. Beth and Michael, thank you very much for being on this show. It's a pleasure talking with you. Great conversation, and we'll have to have you back. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks, Justin. This is awesome. We appreciate it. You have been listening to Terror Signals with Justin Bamforth and presented by Normal Paranormal. For more on this show and other topics of high strangeness, please visit normalparanormal.org or visit the program website at terrorsignals.com.